now it's time to play. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And my name is Daniel. Boo-boo. This is scary. <laughs> and this is part six of the Halloween Spooktacular! Two months of horror. And this week, we are bringing you the horror but we are not bringing you the freshest takes on the latest movies because we are bringing you another discussion roulette. All right. So a spooky discussion roulette. So it's a little bit special. If you guys are new here, uh, this is a common uh, segment that we'll do a common little bottle episodes. We like to do discussion roulettes. As of late, we've been doing discussion roulettes that don't only involve questions about movies. So this one we're doing Halloween questions. So we will talk about some movie stuff, but we're also just going to talk about all things Halloween. It is a Halloween spooktacular after all, folks. So we're here to talk all things Halloween. Halloween. And we are going to kick it off. Movies. With the first question. Ghost, goblins, ghouls. Daniel, hit us with it. All right. We're going to go ahead and dive into it. We do have uh, some listener submitted questions, and we also have a bunch of questions that have been compiled by our producer, Taylor. Thank you so much, Taylor. So let's go ahead and get it started. I'm just going to pick one at random here. This says, do you have to watch something happy after watching a horror movie so that you can go to sleep? Um, no, actually quite the opposite. I have to watch something scary after watching something happy in order for me to go to sleep. Oh, really? Yeah. If I watch like a cartoon or, you know, like a, like a, a, a rom-com or something like that, I'm like, ah, I need to watch people die or I cannot sleep tonight. <laughs> okay. That's normal. That's a very normal right. thing to say. Um, but no, the, the actual answer is no, I, I don't. And mm. you know what? I, I also, I don't just consume scary movies. I listen to horror audiobooks. I listen to horror based podcasts. I listen to true crime horror based podcasts. Uh, and, uh, I will more often than not, even, even not even during the spooky season, but just double during the spooky season, I will end my night by taking a bath, turning all the lights off, lighting some candles, so very minimal light, and listening to a horror podcast or a horror story um, right before I go to bed. Like, that'll be the last thing I do. Yeah, I've never been, I don't need eye bleach or, you know, whatever it's called, yeah. you know, to, to make it all. I, I love horror movies. I think um, I have a hard time sleeping after seeing any, like, a good movie. Like a good movie that I really liked, I will just be thinking about so much that, that I can't go to bed, kind of. Yeah, um, that's true about you. I know, yeah, you're someone who's like that a lot. Yeah, so... And you will have to go, like, play video games or something. Yeah, to, something to get out of that yeah. space, but... Um, yeah, you, no, you also, heard. Daniel can't sleep after watching anything. He has to be watching something to fall asleep. That is true. I do <laughs> sleep... I, I sleep with the TV on, so... Um, yeah, I, you know, that's what's funny. It's it, it's kind of odd. I mean, I've, 
yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too personal, but yeah, I, I, I think of some things and get real existentially scared sometimes trying to go to bed. So I already have that issue and no horror movie is scarier than that. And so, right. um, yeah, I've never had an issue with like, oh, I'm too scared to go to bed. Um, At least not in a really long time. Maybe when I was like a little kid. Yeah, probably. But, but I could see I totally understand if someone sees something horrific, you know, in a movie that maybe makes them think of something horrific in their head. And then they're like, OK, I need to get I need to watch something, you know, silly, yeah. fun, goofy, whatever. And then, OK, there we go. Get my mind off of that. Now I can go to bed. I totally get why. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm OK without it. I'm good. Yeah. I, I, I've been a little, you know, a little scared sometimes just because I am naturally scared of the dark for sure. But um, so sometimes a, a movie that is actually creepy, I'm like, hmm. Right. You know. I mean, it takes a lot for me to go to sleep anyway. You know, I could do all of my routine stuff and still have to take a pill. So, um, cause yeah. I have really bad insomnia, which kind of runs in our family True. Um, in the first place. But yeah, um, that's a good question. All right. Moving on. Moving on. I feel like this is a good question uh, to kind of piggyback off of that. So this says, what is the creepiest thing that has ever happened to you while you were alone? And if you needed time to think, I do have a couple that come to mind. Yeah, you go ahead. One, you one, go ahead first. Yeah, one is very recent, and that's why it's so like in my head, and it's really funny. So, uh, I moved into my new apartment before my roommate did, like weeks before, and so I had the place to myself for a while, and so just this empty, you know, dark apartment. I'm getting ready for bed. I get in bed, and I hear a pretty fucking loud like in the kitchen. And I am uh, someone who operates of, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm just going to, For your no. fight or flight, you're yeah. like, neither. Yeah, I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to go investigate. Come to me. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the higher ground here. <laughs> Come to where I'm at. Right. Um, but also, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. That's just, you know, whatever. But anyways, uh, the next day, I wake up, I go to the kitchen. It was... <laughs> I had took the ice out to break up the ice and put it in the ice tray and I left it out before I went to bed. I forgot to put it back up. So it was ice melting and hitting the tin that I left out on the counter. Oh. And then I was like, oh my God. Because one, because it was funny. But then I was like, can you imagine if I was up, if I stayed up longer and kept hearing that? Cuh, cuh. Because they kept more I would be like, all right, I'm about to fucking freak out. I'm going to call the police and they're going to show up and be like, it's ice. Um, (laughs) But um, but in a in a true like this was you know actually creepy fashion. Our uh, our dog, one of the dogs we grew up with that we still are lucky to have around, Buddy. um, He is blind, um, and. I remember... And he's been blind for about two years now. Yeah, for, for a couple of years. And I remember when it first started, when his vision first started going, I do remember he would... It would be super dark, and then he would get really fixated on something in the top corner of a dark room, and just like... Which right. I think everyone has those experiences of their well, dog kind of... that's kinda. what my story was going to be. Like, yeah. Because when I think about that, like the times where I'm actually freaked the hell out... Uh-huh. It, it was always in our old apartment and this happened in like the last two apartments that we lived in, um, where Gracie would just wake us up by just losing her fucking mind by losing her mind, barking at something. And the reason why those always creep me out wasn't, it was never like shooting out of bed because I think there's a ghost in my house. It was always a person. 
Yeah, like that that's fear. what that's what scared me was that yeah, she yeah. saw someone in our window trying to get in or whatever. And I think it was scarier in our first apartment together, mine and Taylor's, because or at least the first apartment that we had Gracie in, um, because that was a second floor apartment. Whereas, like, you know, on our first floor apartment, we were like right next to like the dog park. You know, it, it, so it was like, uh, you know, she's probably probably someone just went to go walk their dog at like midnight or whatever. You know, we've we're already asleep, so she just starts losing her mind, and then we wake up and we're all freaked out. So that is the moments where like whatever, like that's I'll freak out. But the other part of that is like when I'm alone, I'm never alone. <laughs> I'm like I'm always have either Gracie or or Taylor here. This guy's trying to flex on everybody. I'm never um, alone. I'm never alone. Uh, <laughs> they don't trust me to be alone. They don't <laughs> want me to be by myself ever. But no, I mean, yeah, that is hard to think about. I, I think that more than anything, it's not something that happens that makes me scared. It's my own brain will force something. Like it'll be like, it's too quiet in here. Mm-hmm. There's probably someone behind me. You know, like that's that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really the, have the whole any. running to your back to your bed to jump under the covers because you just your brain decides, oh, someone's chasing me. <laughs> like even though there's nothing there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think I have any actual real, you know, paranormal events or anything like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's usually, you know, I freak myself out. Like you said, like anytime I go into the bathroom and the shower curtains completely closed, I'm like, there's someone behind it. <laughs> right. So I just start punching the fuck out of the shower curtain just in case. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, it, the dog one always gets me. Anytime that buddy would do that, I'm like, what do you see that we don't? Cause you Almighty can't even see what we can exactly. see. <laughs> Almighty King. What, what are you seeing? Protect me. Right. Um, which is funny because I mean, he was blind. So it's like, <laughs> he probably doesn't, he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And even now it's so funny to, to see buddy. Cause he, he likes to pretend he can see, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, buddy, we know you don't know where you're going. But it's, all, it's a, it's a dog and baby thing. It's just when right. dogs and babies like act like, like they start behaving like there's something right in front of them it's always creepy it's uh, yeah there's just this belief there's like even if it's not an actual real belief there's this part of you this magical part of your brain that's wants to that kind of gives in a little bit and is like, like oh dogs can see ghosts yeah there's yeah. This, there's another sense that they have um but yeah uh so that's that's probably mine um I'll go ahead and say, listeners, submit yours. I would love to hear your scary stories. Oh yeah, maybe we'll read we'll, them on a pod. We'll do it. We'll do a bonus episode. Hell and yeah! Just read y'all scary stories if y'all want. Yeah, let it, let us know some of your scary experiences you've had. All right, moving on. Moving on. Let's go ahead and uh, throw in some listener questions here. Um, looks like we have one from our good friend Mo. Mo, good friend of the pod, former guest of the pod, <laughs> former guest of the pod. Mo, knowing Mo, this audio quality is going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's probably going to be fire. Uh, kick it off, Mo. Mo, take it from here. What y'all's most anticipated horror movie of 2023, and I guess 2024 because 2023 is almost over. Mm, fuck. All right. Thank you, Mo. Uh, the question, of course, as you just heard, what is your most anticipated horror movie uh, this year and or next year? Um, and I have a feeling that we have a shared answer on this one for this year. I will say, too, Saw X was one of my most anticipated yeah, horror Saw, movies. Saw X was like way up there um, for me. Um, and so was The Exorcist for me. So I can't really think of anything that's coming out soon, but I can tell you one that is already out. 
that I haven't seen yet that's on my list. I know we share this one. And it's what's obviously going to be the finale for the Halloween spooktacular. Two months of horror. Obviously, we are going to end this thing on the new VHS. The new VHS. VHS 85. VHS 85. Yep. That is on my list for this year. And that is Um, currently my most anticipated movie. Yeah. Do you have any for next year? Not really. Not really. I mean, the thing is, I'm about the Warrens, bro. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's never about the project for me. It's always about the creator. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, but I do have an answer. This isn't um, a movie, though. It's it's uh, the new uh, Mike Flanagan show, The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, wow, I didn't even know that Mike Flanagan was an R and B fan. That's cool. Well, yeah. So it's every episode is about a new Usher song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episode and one, it's, and it's horrifying. It's a ter- it's a horror. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it's a it's like an Edgar Allan Poe inspired you know uh, te- television show that he's doing. So um, I love Edgar Allan Poe, and I love Mike Flanagan, and so just combining those two things, I'm really excited about that. Um, I will probably be binging that whole thing. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, and I, I don't know like how traditionally horror it's going to be, because when you go back and you read some of the old Ed- Edgar Allan Poe stuff, it's like, and a lot of his stuff is really just like morbid, I guess, you know, it's, it's not really like traditionally horrifying, but I think that in the right hands, it can be, you know, and, and one of my, uh, favorite projects that I've ever done was an adaptation of an Edgar Allan Poe story. So I've heard um, about that project. I heard the lead role was incredible. Yeah. Starring Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. God, that was, it. that was you. Wasn't I forget it? because I watch it and I'm so lost in the character that I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. Like that. It, right. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you, if you look really closely, if you look really closely, you can find Daniel in every single short <laughs> film I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta look real close. Gotta look real close. Real close. Don't don't blink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean obvi- obviously Daniel is gonna be in most of my projects. But um, yeah, so I, I I'm really looking forward to that for sure. I know it's not a, a movie, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the only one that actually comes to mind for like next year releases, and I don't know if this is going to be a horror or not, but the movie it's following was a horror is Maxine. Um, the follow-up to Pearl. I oh. thought Pearl was so good. Um, but I don't. I feel like Pearl was less. Oh wait, no. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was just as much of a horror as X was. I think so. Yeah, it was actually more the, disturbing than. Yeah, X. I think the third act is saves it. Otherwise, it really it's really not for the majority of the movie. Yeah, it's it's it had a really cool uh, style to it. This very 1950s uh, motion picture show type vibe. Right. And then by the end, it let all hell breaks loose and it lets itself be as disgusting and gory and fucked up as possible. Yeah. I totally forgot that that was coming out. So I do. I am excited for that. Um, whenever Malignant 2 comes out, like that's really going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Maxine, I'm excited for, again, I don't know what, if it's going to be full on horror or not. Um, but yeah. And I think that the yeah. number one, probably not just for us, but probably all of America right now, like what everyone's waiting on is night swim, night swim, dude, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> when we went to go see exorcist, uh, we saw a trailer before the movie for, 
that was just a scene. It was just a scene. The trailer was a scene. I mean, it the trailer a, was a short film. It, it okay. gave a little bit of like. The trailer was yeah. like a, a family and they're looking at a house and they look in the backyard. Classic and white family a into classic a new white house. Classic white family into a new house with a fucking pool in the backyard. And they're like, this is going to be a good thing for us. They're like, We're, I've always wanted a pool. <laughs> and then they buy the house. And then the rest of the trailer is just this one scene. It's a one scene of them swimming at night. It's an important part. Right. Important to remember that. The daughter of the uh, the parents from earlier and her a boyfriend they don't approve of. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, They're playing Marco, Marco Polo. Polo Mar- which is kind of a played out horror trope yeah. as well. But it's just like, Marco Polo, Marco Polo. And then he gets out and then she's like, I can hear you. I can I can hear you. Hey, you're not supposed to. And then something grabs her from the bottom of the pool. Oh, yeah. Well, she goes, Marco. And then after she says it like three times, you go, Polo. Oh, yeah. You hear a like demon. A, and then like Polo. a demon hand grabs her and pulls her down and then cut to credits. Or, credit, or what is it? A title card. Yeah, a title card. And it goes, Night Swim. Night Swim. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> What the hell? And it's so funny because this was like, at the beginning, it says like from James Wan. And I was like, okay. And it says producer of The Nun. I was like, that's what we're reducing James Wan to these days. <laughs> it's producer of The Nun. And then it says also from Jason Blum, producer of Megan. And I was like, don't advertise that. Do not advertise that. And I'm just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Megan must have made a lot of money. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. For that to be there. And Forgan is going to be. Because they could do that again, just M-E-4-G. Yeah. True. But yeah. Um, and then they just jump right over Megan 1 and 2. You should do M3 again and then M4 again. M4 again. Me, me Forgan. Morgan. Morgan. Oh my gosh, you do. The third one is Morgan. <laughs> Guys, hire, hire us. us. We are available for consultation. Guys, what the fuck? I cannot believe we're giving this shit out for free. Okay, moving on. All right, let's go ahead and do another listener-submitted question. This one comes from our friend Jackson, who has also co-hosted with Dave before. That's right. If you're a real listener, you know that. If you know, you know. Take it from here, Jackson. Hey, Wild Dream. This is Jackson here. Here's my request. Who do you think is objectively the best and most iconic horror villain there ever was. Thank you for having me. I love <laughs> you guys. Hey, I love you too, man. Peace. <laughs> Peace. I love the I love the uh, extended outro. Yeah. Director's cut of that question. That's a real co-host right there. That's <laughs> how, that, he knows what's up, man. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Jackson. Uh, um, so, if you guys don't know, Jackson is one of our most avid spoiler-free listeners ever. That is true. So he didn't hear the tournament. No way he's heard the tournament that we did earlier in the the spooktacular um but i do think that this is a good question because the that tournament was kind of more about like actual combat actual combat yeah but i do think that michael myers would still make my top three list and the reason why i say that is without a doubt one i think that you know michael myers probably like revolutionized the the slasher industry because when you think about movies that were considered slashers or just pretty much any movie that's about a serial killer from before, it, that this was the one where we started getting just a fucking beefy dude with a mask 
which honestly, if you go watch the original Halloween, he's not always beefy. He's mostly just different people from the crew <laughs> who just right. put it on. And so it's uh, but yeah, anyways. So he uh, yeah, I think he they, they revolutionized that and they they moved the, the genre into faceless, you know, killers who just are nothing but serial killers. Um, so I do think that that's iconic, but then I also do think Jason is up there, even though, you know, like we said in that tournament, they're kind of tied to each other. Right. Um, but Jason from a visual perspective, I think is iconic. Right. I think if you see, you know, a, people make hockey jerseys that are just black and red and people are like, Oh, that's, J- that's for Jason Voorhees. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like they'll know <laughs> just from that. Um, you know, you see the hockey mask and like, that's it. That's all you need to know. People, even people see Camp Crystal Lake and they just know, you know, like that's that's from Friday the 13th. So those two, I think, are definitely up there. But then Freddy Krueger, who didn't make it very far in the tournament, he's also got to be up there, too. For sure. I think, too, uh, I have to go with a, a costume that I've seen every year since I was goddamn born. <laughs> it feels like, you know, what I'm saying. Um, is Ghostface. Ghostface. Yeah. I mean, every, every year someone has the, the scream masks. Uh, so yeah. When you think of objectively the most iconic, I mean, it's top five for sure. Yeah. It's it. I mean, cause Ghostface just like you said, from a visual perspective, you wouldn't like, I think when I think of Ghostface, I do think of Halloween and not just exclusively horror. Right. That's true. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, th- I can think of so many different times trick or treating when I was a kid and seeing that mask everywhere. Then seeing one year it drips blood now, you know, like shit yeah. like that. The evolution of that costume. It's like it, it's Which, yeah. pretty iconic, that character. But yeah, I mean, we kind of like you said, we kind of talked about it in that um, in that tournament. But I think that those for me, I think my top three would definitely be Michael Myers. uh Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger and then Ghostface for the Halloween vibe for sure is, is up there. Yeah. Somewhere in the top five. Yeah. I think Michael Myers is my number one for sure. Um, another thing that just, I don't know. It's like, not only is it such an iconic mask, an iconic movie that, that opening movie, but also like when you see people that get tattoos, you know, of horror, like it's all Michael Myers is like almost always on there. Yeah. So like people are getting this person tattooed on them for life. It's like, that's, that's pretty iconic. That's also true. Like when you think about, if you go to party city right now, you could find a whole section of just Michael Myers stuff to put up in your house. Mm -hmm. You don't really see that for very many other villains. Like my, my mother-in-law, she's a huge, huge Michael Myers fan. She's seen all of his movies and that's her favorite, favorite movie character. Not even just, horror movie character. Um, and she has like full body printouts of him and she'll put them up, especially during the Halloween season. <laughs> and she'll just scare the hell out of my brother-in-law everywhere he goes. Cause she'll have him in the car and in the the kitchen and every, just everywhere. All right. All right. Moving on, moving on. Let's go back to some of our questions from the producer here. All right. This one uh, says, what are some of your, okay. What are some of your wild dream themed costume ideas? So obviously that's going to be a huge thing this year is people wanting to do wild dream themed <laughs> costumes. Uh-huh. And if you guys are struggling with some ideas, um, I mean, I do think that there are a lot that you could do. Uh, you know, I think you could do, 
maybe a costume where uh, you you put on a suit that has wavy, um, you know, reflections around you, and then you can just be a dream sequence. Oh, nice. Right? I think that another good one is um, where, and, and this one is, is pretty fun because really cheap costume, okay? Really cheap costume, and you can do this, uh, make it make it special for everyone who's doing it, right? Um, wherever you are, so let's say, you know, like if me and Daniel did this, we, we go to a party in Denver, you just get a poster board and you just write the word Denver, Colorado on, on your poster board. And then you, you tape that to your shirt and you'll be a title card. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about, um, you can wear a similar idea. Let's say, yeah, you want to do a cheap costume. You could just get a poster board that says they all die at the end and you can be a spoiler alert. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You could, you could even do that. You could get like a, a red light to wear on your head that like kind of flashes. You can turn on and off uh-huh. that'll like, you know, uh, flash red. You can be a spoiler alert. Just be a spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can, the listeners could help us out. Do you, what do y'all, send us in some of your wild dream costume ideas. For sure. Uh, I'm curious. Um, uh, it's harder for us to do it. Look, we're, we're producing this stuff, okay? Right. It's hard to remember everything. And if someone has a better idea of how you could make a costume where you look like a dream sequence, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think this is a fun one really quick uh, since it's right off of that. Um, come up with a pun-based costume right now. You could wear a Tom Brady jersey and have a blonde wig, and you could be Tom Brady Bunch. Uh, you could get a um, a Barbie costume, and you can also get a uh, a shellfish costume, and you can be shrimp on the Barbie. Shrimp on the Barbie. You could dress like really dirty and like you know tattered clothes and like mix match, and then you can also put a, a halo on, and then like angel wings, and you can be blessed this mess. You could dress up like orange juice. And, um, you know, like a bug, it could be Beetlejuice. You could wear a green morph suit and then just tell people I'm not here the whole night. <laughs> I'm not here. What, such are a film what are you? You're CGI. <laughs> That's such a film based one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here. <laughs> you could be Debo from Friday, 13 years in a row. You could be Friday the 13th. <laughs> That one's bad. Um, you could be. You, can just, you, you could, could wear a hockey mask and have everyone throw you up, celebrating you in the like a party. And then you can be Jason Voorhees, a jolly good fellow. Voorhees, a jolly I think this good is a good fellow. time to move on to another question. <laughs> All right, moving on. You could be an animatronic Freddy Krueger, Five Nights at Freddy Krueger's. All right, I'll leave that one. <laughs> just okay. an idea. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. All right. We have uh, some questions here from our good friend, Timothy. Take it away, Timothy. If you had to go psycho, like you've lost everything, and you're 100% going to go psycho, what horror icon would you become? So, like, who who would we be? Which, which serial killer would we be? If we went nuts, if we went crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Leatherface is a good answer for me just because I'm fat. <laughs> it's an easy one to You're do. You're fat shaming Leatherface, bro? That's fucked up. And also, I'm really close with my family. 
Aw, that Aww. was sweet. And you're from Texas. And I'm from Texas. Oh my and it God. would be a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm Leatherface. I'm close <laughs> to my family. So I think that That's one is up there. But if I could choose, like, here's the thing. I don't want to be Freddy Krueger because I'm not a pedophile. But I, his powers are pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really hard to kill Freddy. Like that. That's my. That's why I'm like I don't want to do Jason or Michael Myers because I'm just not built like them to get shot and stabbed and just walk it off. You know. But if I could inherit like the powers of Freddy Krueger, like that's an easy one to to um, get away with. Jigsaw is definitely a, a candidate. Because if you're going crazy, that means you're you know you're going postal essentially. That's a a way you could go and yeah get retribution on everyone who fucked you over. You know, seems natu- right. natural for a human brain to want to do. Um, I think I think a fun one. I know it's not real. I, I, now that it's uh, more mainstream, I think we can kind of use this as an answer. Um, but like being like a bloater or a clicker from Last of Us, yeah, would be kind of sick as far as just letting you know letting loose. You're fucked. You know, we discussed this a couple weeks ago with the Saw episode of. Um, you and Taylor have talked about, you know what? I, w- I wouldn't even try. I would just let the trap kill me. Right. I think I'd be pretty similar with last of us. I'd be like, fuck it. Just, just <laughs> let me become a zombie. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I <laughs> see, I got a pretty good clicker, but that's well, the thing so. is like, I, <laughs> right. You wouldn't even have to get bit. You would just be walking around. Just that's what that I should noise. do. I should pretend to be a click. That's how I would try to survive. Right. I would just be like, <laughs> nice weather we're having. <laughs> Wait, do y'all talk? I mean, do we talk? <laughs> and they said, what was that? And you're like, wait, what was that? And like, wait, are you whoa. pretending to be a clicker? Bro, dude, <laughs> you're not pretending. Sick. <laughs> so how long have you been pretending to be a clicker, dude? Oh, dude, like two years, dude. <laughs> Dang. That was before this happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's see. Moving on. Let's get another one from Timothy. He Timothy. sent in a couple of questions here. That's right. Timothy's got another one. What is a movie that is not technically speaking in the horror genre, especially for Halloween, but that you would 100% consider it being a horror movie? You know, one of the things I think of for this is one that I think a lot of people would agree with to the degree of which I don't know if it counts. Because so many people would agree that this is a horror movie, even though it's really not, is Silence of the Lambs. Because th- the Lambs. I've never seen it. Guys, there's so many movies I haven't seen. You haven't seen Why Silence of the Lambs? A, yeah. What the actual fuck, Dan? Why am I on a that f- one? I'm pod- the most, or a movie podcast. That is probably one of the ones I'm most angry with you about, of all the ones we've talked about this month that you haven't seen. Jesus Christ, you have to see Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. It's a, primarily a, Hello, a, a crime movie. Right. Just like we talked about with Saw, it's a crime movie. But, you know, like people people consider Hannibal Lecter like um, a horror movie villain. So but since you haven't seen it, we'll talk about something else. But Silence of the Lambs is definitely in there. Um, This one is not technically a horror movie because it's more of a kid's movie. But Monster House, I watch every single year. And that is a horror movie. One of the first movies that comes to mind is Killing of a Sacred Deer. 
Um, oh, that one's good not answer. Good answer. Yeah, that one's not a horror. It's definitely a black comedy for sure. Uh, that's one that it had just has a creepy, spooky vibe to it. Um, that I just really enjoy. It's definitely it's a little slower on rewatches than the first time I saw it. So I've uh, lessened on it a little bit, but um, I enjoy watching that. It always makes me laugh. It always has some moments that unnerve me. So that's good for like, you know, spooky season for sure. Um, that one. Yeah, that one's the first one that comes to mind. Would you consider the Vavavitch a scary movie? Uh, I would. Yeah. 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 Is it a horror, though? I don't know. See, that's that. It's definitely a scary movie, but not a horror movie. So I think that one is kind of on that fence there. I don't know. I think I would consider it a horror. Because I feel like that one the more and, I think about and it, I would. it Comes at Night are kind of in that same realm where it's like the movie is so much more than the horror elements mm-hmm. that it's hard to say, oh, this is just a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that, that that's kind of hard with that one. Um, and then you also you have like horror comedies that are kind of on that fringe, you know, like Zombieland. It's like a horror comedy. Yeah, you have elements of horror that. So yeah, I wouldn't say Shaun of the Dead. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say is that a horror, horror movie? movie? Yeah, not really, but it Those is. Good and too. it's a good movie to watch during Halloween season for it sure. Is and also you know Godzilla, more action packed movie, but some of the newer ones they could be considered horror movies. I think. Yeah, I think that I think those are some good answers. That's a good question. I'm I'm curious what other people's answers would be for that too. Yeah, because I like I want to know what do you guys watch during the Halloween season that are, that just gets you in the spooky mood? But it's not a horror movie. It's not even some of them aren't even about Halloween at all. Yeah, but just it it's spooky enough, you know? Because, um, all right, uh, another question. Uh, let's see. Do you guys have any favorite spooky music that you like to listen to around spooky Halloween time? Um, well, the short answer to that question is yes. Now, the long answer to that question is yes. So, uh, (laughs) no, the long answer to that question is too long for this episode because, um, the actual answer is very much. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have lots and lots of spooky music that we listen to and it's always fun because me and Daniel have different songs. We don't actually listen to the same spooky music and we'll likely share a couple of songs here and there every year that we find. We go, Hey, is this song spooky? And we'll play it for each other. Yeah, that actually is. And I'm like, Daniel, why is this spooky? He's like, Oh, those are these types of notes and these types of that. I'm like, thank you. That's why it's so (laughs) Um, So with that said, here's what I will tell you. If you want to know the actual answer to this question, long winded, go to our X profile, Twitter, 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 and you will find both of mine and Daniel's Halloween playlist. And you can listen to all of the music that we listen to every year. And guess what? If you follow that playlist, you'll probably get more music every single year. And if you go back to it, you'll find more music that we've added to those playlists. There you go. I add very slowly, I will say. Um, yeah, I'm talking like two or three songs yeah. a year, maybe. Now, I will say we can probably shout out one artist for sure that we both listen to every spooky season. Um, that being Chelsea Wolf. Yeah, Chelsea Wolf is like, I mean, I don't even just listen to her just during Halloween season. Anytime yeah. I'm feeling in the mood for something dark, mm-hmm. I, I will listen to her. Uh, she's actually 
the reason we went to go see the movie X originally was only because we knew she was involved in the score. Right. Not as involved as she could have been or should have been. They definitely blew the lead on that one. But because um, if that if I had that opportunity, I would have made her do the whole thing and paid her whatever she asked mm-hmm. to do it um, for sure. That that would be like if I was making a scary movie and I could choose anyone to make my music for it, I would I would choose her for sure. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love her. I love her music. Um, I think she's a fantastic artist and man, there's something about when the leaves start rustling and you feel the chill of the wind of fall. And I'm just like, Chelsea, Chelsea. <laughs> Go and I, I got to put on, I mean, multiple of her records. She does different styles for every record. Yeah. Um, my favorite by her of hers is his spun. It's her heaviest. You, you know, I like heavy music, but, um, it's all got some vibes of, you know, spooky and, and, uh, Octobery, I guess. Right. It's just very, yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend if you guys don't listen to her. Not that she, you know, I mean, she's doing better than we are. We, should, we don't need to shout her out. We don't out. need to shout her out. <laughs> she needs but to shout it's, us it's, out. It's not about, it's not about that. It's not about, <laughs> yeah. oh, shouting her out. It's about our fans and they deserve the, to get to get in that spooky mood. Yeah. To know what we like. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, That's yeah. What, it's more for you guys than it is for her yeah. giving her but the But if shout you want to see our full list, yeah, we will post our spooky Halloween playlists for you. So go check them out. So go check them out. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, another question here. It says, uh, do you have any favorite horror TV shows? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Mike Flanagan, end of list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I absolutely love haunting of hell house, haunting of Bly Manor, midnight mass, even the, his, one of his more recent ones, the midnight club. They, that one was honestly one of the, like, I don't want to say worse, but in terms of like the tiers, it was lower on the tier, but it's still better than so many other attempts I've seen at fucking, you know, Halloween shows or, or spooky TV shows. Um, so that's way up there for me. I think Stranger Things counts. <laughs> I decided counts. And Stranger Things season one and season two are really good. I think their most recent season was arguably the best season they've ever had. And it was incredible. Absolutely loved it. Um, there's also, I watched a bunch of like, um, I guess mini series if you want. So I mean, yeah, haunting of Hill house, all of those are mini series as well. Um, there's one on Netflix, uh, called cabinet of curiosities. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, definitely go watch that. So that one is curated by, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, that one's really good. And it's, there's a lot of really good episodes, some of them are better than others, obviously. Any anthology series, because that one is an anthology series. Every episode's a new story. Um, any anthology series is going to be, you know, give or take on a lot of those. Um, but they are pretty decently high budget, you know, so they invested a lot into these stories and um, they, they turned out really well. Um, and then there's a ton on Shudder. And if you count these, Shudder has a couple of docu-series that are really good where like they'll they have some where they just take deep dives into the horror genre and take a look at, um, you know, different elements of horror. Like they'll talk about different types of creatures, different types of movies like slashers versus ghosts versus, you know, whatever. Um, They also have their 101 most terrifying moments of movie history or horror movie history. Um, That one is very long, obviously, but very rewarding. so yeah, there's a ton on Shutter to check out. Slasher is one that's like pretty low tier. Like it's always terrible actors and terrible <laughs> effects and everything, um, but it's very fun to watch. And then Creep Show, which is also on Shutter, 
Um, that one's an anthology series, and that one is a lot more take than give. Uh, but I still think it's really good for the spooky season because they are just spooky stories. The terrible acting. They're just so funny. They're so funny, but so spooky. Like they're like horror stories where the characters are just terrible actors and the scripts are terrible, but it's just so much fun to watch and you can just really get into it. And then for me, it's not a horror series, but it's a Halloween series and it's the absolute goat. When you were talking about a mini series for Halloween, the greatest of all time miles above every other show is over the garden wall. Absolutely nothing comes close to me for that. I, I did like Haunting of Hill House, uh, and I watched all of Bly Manor as well. So I definitely like, and Midnight Mass was my favorite project of his, um, at least on first watch. I mean, that, that shit blew my mind uh, at points. That so. one's a harder one to rewatch because it's so long. Yeah, it's very slow and monologue which we've talked about. But um, I, this is kind of unlocking, a, um, this is unlocking a, an idea that I, or a, a project I should have said to Timothy's earlier question of a non horror that is scary because some of the scariest episodes of TV I've seen are from Atlanta. <laughs> really? Um, I think the Teddy Perkins uh, episode was very unnerving and kind of shook me a little bit. Um, and it was very creepy and scary to me to imagine myself in that situation. And there's a couple of other episodes from that show that are very horror and scary. Uh, they go. Really so would you count deep. running scared as an answer to Timothy's question, too? Because that episode is kind of similar to running scared. Yeah, Running scared does have a, a that same spooky element. Some, some or scary, not spooky, but like, yeah, real horror, life scary. Horror, yeah. Real life scary. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. So Atlanta comes to mind. Um there's some there's some episodes of Twilight Zone that are very horror. Oh, good good answer good um, answer. I I do think too. I think I navigate a little bit more towards the crime horror stuff. So True Detective season one is a big one. I think that counts. That one is another one that's right there on the edge. That's kind of more like seven. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, I don't think it goes as far as Saw does in terms of a crime movie that becomes a horror, but right. there are some scary moments in that show that really have you your heart racing and you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm probably just not. I'm blanking on probably plenty, and uh, if I think of them, I'll post them on this Instagram or something. But um, we, uh, I should go ahead and say to me and Dave are missing one. For I know we both like this show, and it is a Halloween spooky show. Um, and that is what we do in the shadows. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? I will say too. I have not believe dude. I have, I'm obsessed with that show. I did. I did a whole, I did a costume. From yeah. That show. David did a Laszlo costume. That was really good. And I love that. Then costume. I was so good at the voice too. Right now I'm probably not cause I haven't been binging the show, but I've already seen the most recent season. I watched all of the most recent season within the first week of September this year. I swear to God. <laughs> I love that. Oh, show. how about, um, I, I did really, when I was a kid, obviously, cow, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Dude, yeah, I, that counts. I that, liked that one. I liked that's that a good one a lot. One. Well, yeah, um, if we missed any if we missed any shows. Which I'm sure we have. Let us know. And if, if you're like, no one's seen this show, but it's so good, y'all got... Put please, us on. Please send us a... Put guys, us on, put us bro. On. After everything we've done for you guys. Right. Put us on. You owe us. All right. Um, let's get into some more listener questions. Um we do have a couple here from our good friend, Gabby. Gabby, take it away. 
number one wild dreamer. Okay, my first question is, you guys historically make comments specifically to horror movies that horror movies or horror series need to be trying something new, a new concept, a new monster, and doing something original. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Saw X episode, Socks. you guys also make a lot of comments referencing previous Saw movies and things that you would have liked to see in the Saw X from previous movies, such as having Jigsaw come out instead of having John Kramer there to start like the then she means the, the trap. Um, right. And also, Daniel made a comment that it would have been cool to see like the Sox movie open up with a trap instead of like opening up in a different way. So can you explain to the listeners the balance between when a movie or a series should be trying something new and introducing a new concept or an original idea versus sticking to things that have worked for them in the past and for lack of a better phrase if it's not broke, don't fix it. So is there a balance or should these movies or series be doing one over the other? What would you guys like to be seeing? Because as a listener, <laughs> I'm confused. What are we looking for? <laughs> a movie, a new idea. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I get what she's trying to ask here. <laughs> and here's, how I'm going to start. Okay. The difference is, what we're talking about in that question is what should a historic franchise of horror do in their movie versus what should somebody do in a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Like we have 10 saw movies. So I do think that saw should do what they do best. When they started doing this, they did things a certain way and it worked. So I want to see from them what I've always seen. If someone else did a crime-based horror-leaning movie where the movie started out with a victim trying to escape from a trap, I would say, this is what fucking Saw does. Mm -hmm. This is Saw's thing. So when Saw comes out and they don't do that, I'm like, why are y'all not doing that? This is the equivalent of Jason Voorhees not wearing a mask or Michael Myers not killing people or Freddy Krueger not being in people's dreams. It's like, that's what y'all do. Yeah. You know, if Chucky came out and put his body back into a human being and he was just a regular human being serial killer, you would say, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is not Chucky. This is not child's play. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. But when we get a new horror movie and it's the smile plot, that's not good. That's not new. That's not creative. That's not original. Oh, I'm going to do a new movie about paranormal entity haunting family. And they're going to investigate the last time it happened and blah, blah, all of that shit. That's not new. That's not creative. It's not like, you know, you're not you're not a part of something else. You're just copying what other movies have done. So that's the difference. I don't think that and it's fair to say, like, you know, when Saw, like Saw should be doing something new, not by 10, by 10. You (laughs) play the hits, baby. play your hits. (laughs) So I think that's actually a good example. It's like it's the difference between. Like if I said, oh man, I really want some new music in my life and I haven't really been listening to a lot of pop music. I really would like to hear some new pop music that I really like. And then someone could be like, oh, well, have you checked out this artist? And I will go and listen to that artist and be like, okay, yeah, I like this versus them saying, oh, well, Deftones put out a pop album. 
I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. the hell? Like, I, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. It's not what I meant. You know, so it's kind of like that. Like, yeah. If Deftones put out a pop album and it was good, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear that from you. I want to hear, I'm trying to headbang, you know, or whatever. But right. uh, yeah. So yeah. here's a movie that I think is, is good to talk about with this, right? And this is kind of, as a fan, okay, if you're confused about what we expect from a horror movie, even if they're going to take from some old horror movie tropes and do something new and creative, It Comes at Night is a really good movie to talk about in this, right? It Comes at Night is horror adjacent. I think it leans more horror than not, right? Mm-hmm. And it does everything so well. Because what have you not seen from a zombie movie? You haven't seen a family drama. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that no, movie is no about. No zombies. No zombies. A zombie movie without the zombies that leaves you feeling as dreadful and unescapable as other movies. Exactly. I, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, and you know what? Uh, it Comes at Night has uh, at least one, if not multiple, dream sequences, something that we criticize a lot. and But they're so important. But they're good. Right. You know, so, yeah. So that's the thing, too. It's like, to, to speak, to kind of build on your point, because um, you could say, okay, Saw started this and it works. So if you talked about it as a genre broadly, like Haunted House, Family Moves In, Let's Investigate, there is a way to make that good. And the way to make that good is how do you differentiate yourself from the others? What choices do you make that are different from the others? And what is your movie about if not that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you're going to do a movie about a family moves into a house and the house is haunted, make the husband and wife like they just narrowly escaped a divorce. Make make the daughter, you know, you know, she's like trying to run away. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. add add some kind of element of drama and some element of character and depth to the story other than just scary house. Yeah, and also, yeah. if, and again, what do we want? So, so something new? You there are so many <laughs> there are so many situations that human beings can be in um, that create drama and conflict in their life that does not involve grief. Yeah. But every single one of these fucking movies is about grief. True. You know what I'm saying? Like all of them, the ring and even Ringu, you know, the original ring, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's all, it's about grief. Uh, Smile is about grief. The boogeyman is about grief. The newest insidious movie is about grief. It's, it's just like, what, like, why is that the only thing you guys can do is, oh, grief. That's, that's the biggest, you know, conflict a family can have. I mean, isn't this what made Get Out such a, Revolutionary yeah. movie. Get Out's a great example of doing something new in the horror genre. Yeah, yeah, fantastic example. Even us, and I know you weren't a big fan of us, but at least when have you oh, seen that? Us and Nope. I mean, all his other all projects. of it. Yeah, all everything right. very he's different, done, very extremely creative. new, yeah. creative. So I know it's hard to say what should you do, and in, instead of just giving examples, because what should you do was anything but. Yeah, that's why I'm just it an hard. attempt. An you attempt still, at something that's not the smile plot. Yeah, you can still hold elements and strings of DNA. I mean, that's part of filmmaking. You have right. to have a camera. You have to, you know, whatever. Right. But uh, what? Yeah. Any the attempt at anything but is a, is a good way to phrase that. But yeah, so there, there's a lot that you can do. Yeah. Hopefully that helps answer somewhat yeah. of you know the confusion or questions. Um, it's yeah. And guess what? Sometimes we admit that it can feel as though a movie can't win. 
with us. Yeah. We ask for this, they give it. And then we're like, not like that, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, it's like that with everything. You, you, it is. you could say you could do that with music. You could do that with paintings. You, you could do that with dating people. You could do that with dating people. I want a guy who does this and that and they do all that. And it's like, well, not like that though. Right. <laughs> it's like, we, it's just, Hey, a, can you send me a rock album? <laughs> you send me Nickelback. I'm like, that's not what I asked for. <laughs> yeah, I want my Nickelback. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Great question. Great, Great question. question. You got us talking. Let's, right? let's get another one from Gabby here. Yeah. Gabby with another question here. Take it over for us. Gabby. Do you guys really not get scared at cheap jump scares? I get that they're annoying and they're cheap shots, but do you really not have like a physical reaction to being startled abruptly? Even though I think it's silly and cheap as well, I still jump. So do you guys really not get scared watching these movies? I hate to disappoint. But yes, we actually do not get scared <laughs> by these cheap jump scares. Uh, let me let me explain it like this, okay? If me or Daniel are paying attention to a movie, like we maybe we could get caught, you know? Oh, we're looking at our phone, loud bang, we'll, we'll jump a little bit, right? We could get caught sleeping. But if we're paying attention to a movie, we will see it coming from ten miles away, and it will always annoy us first. Before we would be scared. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, my brain doesn't have time to process being scared because it's just annoyed. We are rolling our eyes before we're jumping. Yeah. Which very often, a big one for us, very often, it's just the way a shot is framed. We will be like, oh. Like, we'll just kind of. Yep. Here comes almost, the jump scare. Oh, you, the character's in the bottom right quarter of the freaking <laughs> screen. They're cutting back and forth between that shot and the POV, that shot yeah. and the POV. Let me guess. The next time he comes back, yeah. it happens all the fucking time. It's just. Listen, I'm not trying to get this angry about cheap jump scares. The car door one is big for me. The car door. When you're inside the car and then three fourths of the frame is the window, window yeah. blackness outside. I know what's coming, right? You know, so some woman's gonna walk out. Her head's gonna turn upside down. She's yeah. gonna go. Rah! Something I mentioned on the <laughs> smile Charles. episode was the potential I saw, even though I didn't really like that movie. Um, and one of those was, yeah, there were some creative jump scares, like bent neck lady twisting her head down. I was like, I have never seen anything like this. This right. is so fun and creative. Um, so I say that to say that there are n- jump scares that work. Yeah, there are jump scares. Like, I do prefer a scare that's not a jump scare. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like a good example of this is uh, I was watching this movie called Eli. Um, this is, I think it's on Netflix. And this movie, I'm not going to go through everything about the movie or anything, but there is one scene of this movie where the main character is kind of walking through this hallway and he points his flashlight at um, this, like, room where there's a bunch of medical equipment and everything's covered with white sheets. And this is a good example of like just subverting your expectation, which I think is a very important element of not just filmmaking in general, but horror movies really specifically is subvert people's expectations. Not in the sense of if someone says, hey, what's going on? It goes, hey, what's going on? (laughs) It's like that kind of bullshit. It's like, that's annoying. That's not what I mean by that. But like, so he's shining his light and everything's covered in, in, in these white sheets. And I'm the whole time I'm expecting something to come out of one of those sheets. Right. Mm-hmm. And like it's, it, he points something at something that looks like it could be humanoid, you know, and it's, it's re- I'm like, I like remember like my heart kind of racing during this moment. 
And then what actually happens is slightly off of where the light is, where the light is casting onto it, but not pointed directly onto it. There is a little girl in a fucking hospital gown who was doing a complete backwards bend where her body is like shaped in a complete like uh, like arch. And she just completely comes back up from the backward bend. And the motion is like, I think they like filmed it and then played it in reverse so that the motion is like extra, like, you know, mesmerizing or whatever, like, like Mm. uncomfortable. Fantastical. And I was like, whoa, okay, what the fuck? I was like, I did not expect that at all. There's no sting. There's no loud, loud, (laughs) whatever. She just does it. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I remember watching this movie. I went back and I was like, wait. Am I tripping or is, did they cut? Like in my head, I was like, I think they did a small cut where she's not actually in the scene and then cut to she is in the scene. And so I went back and no, they did not. She is in there the whole time. You can see her if you go back. I'm like, oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, I prefer something I like that. that. Now I want to go see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something um, in like, 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 I don't think Eli's like the whole movie is worth it. Cause they do a couple yeah. of cheap, cheap jump scares. But I think in that movie, they do do a lot of the suspense building up and then showing something scary in really good and creative ways that actually kind of got me, you know, quote unquote got me without having all of the fucking loud stings or whatever. Um, another example of that is like in hereditary when the mom is on the wall and she starts crawling away. Like that's not a jump scare, but it scares me because I'm like, you know, I, by the time I realized that she's there, and then she starts moving. And I'm like, it's like watching a spider start fucking jumping at you. You know, it feels like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, but when it's when it's a unnatural, that's what's going to bother me when it, it involves making the sound of somebody tapping you on the shoulder, the loudest thing in the fucking world. And then, you know, whatever that's going to annoy the fuck out of me. Anything that doesn't sound like what it's supposed to sound like a door closing sounds like someone hitting a fucking brick wall with a goddamn jackhammer, you know, like anything like that. It's just going to annoy me. And then the very like not so subtle lead ups where, you know, just a huge part of the frame is wide open. Yeah, I think that that's that's the real answer to to Gabby's question is no. And it's because we just see it coming. Yeah. Um, A good jump scare. One of the ones I do want to bring up is um, in the second insidious movie is the how dare you jump scare. I think that one is done really well because all it is, it's a long take. It's a long take of her going through a house where, you know, there's multiple entrances to the different rooms. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in my memory, there is a sting like a whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's primarily her yelling. How dare you? Which somebody yelling is loud. Yeah. So it's fine. Um, that one, again, it kind of, it builds up that suspense. You kind of know something is kind of spooky or whatever, and you don't expect it coming. And it's, it's not shot in a way where it's super obvious when it's going to come or that it is going to come at all. So yeah. I think that one is a good example of a good jump scare that was done well. Yeah. Um, I, the one that comes to my mind is definitely the lawnmower scene from Sinister. Um, this is good a good answer. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. This is uh, that movie is chock full of jump scares, uh, some cheap, some not. This one was not to me. This one was, uh, and I think that this is a larger conversation of what does scare you. Um, uh, things that disturb me. Um, I think that that's big. Um, I think being watched in plain sight is something that scares me, which is why that jump scare that you brought up from Eli is, oh, that's good. This is not 
technically hidden. It is right there in plain sight. Um, Stuff like the strangers when people are in the background just watching you. Love that. Um, But yeah, that lawnmower lawnmower scene is is so good. It it does exactly what a jump scare does. It leads it up. You're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Um, but what it does is what Dave mentioned. It subverts your expectations. So you are used to a standard amount of timing and you're used to getting a music sting that give you a hint of a jump scare coming. This doesn't give you that. It messes with the timing and draws out the timing to really put you on edge. And then there is no build up music. It's just this ambient sound mixed with the you know lawnmower and then you get motivated sound because boom then a face gets in frame and you get yeah. a scream through the duct tape and the and way the- it's shot is so original because again it's just this long take it's not it's not a character with a big part of the frame missing it is just a long take focused on one singular part of a moving object yeah that's a good way to it's- introduce something to the scene yeah. it's not cutting back to the scare it's Putting it in the shot. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I love I love that jump scare. Um, and there's some good jump scares in uh, PT, the game. Oh, um, PT has the uh, is the fucking goat of jump scares. Again, with no because uh, I think the uh, no music with, stings. The good thing you know? about that one though is like the reason why PT. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, playable teaser uh, PT. If you haven't ever played it, sucks for you. You're never going to. It yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Just go watch a playthrough. But yeah, go watch someone do in a playthrough. It's not only try one to of, find a not annoying playthrough where you can really experience the game. Yeah. Um, See if you can find one without any narration of yeah. just somebody playing it because that would that be the would best be way to do awesome, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that PT was what I've told people is not only the um, scariest video game I've ever played. It is the scariest experience I have ever had with media. Ever. Mm-hmm. It is scarier. I, I truly, I still believe this to this day. It is scarier than every movie I've ever seen, every podcast I've ever listened to, every book I've ever read, every haunted house I've ever been to, and every video game I've ever played. It is the most horrifying experience I have had consuming media. Like, not like, you know, an IRL scary experience, but like yeah. consuming media and going for, inter- for entertainment. Mm-hmm. The scariest thing I've ever experienced. And I think it is for me too. I really do. And, but the thing is, is that by it being a video game, it forces you to scare yourself. Yeah. Which, which is, is key. It's you, don't kinda, get that in you don't get that in a movie. Yeah. But I guess that's what that, the reason that came to mind is because the jump, the lawnmower jump scare does that. It, it's, it's forcing you to keep going and keep yeah. mowing that lawn until you know, they're going to run over someone. And so like, cause it's, yeah, cause it's, it's not good. the first movie. It's not the first like short movie in that movie. You know, it's not the right. first clip of that you, you know, what's going to happen at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, it's like what you said is like, it doesn't have to do a loud sting because what's happening in the scene is already loud. So the next part that's even louder it's, you know, it's, it's not cause I think that like, uh, like in the exorcist for any, for example, they cut all of the sound right before a big jump scare. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't do that. It plays the scary music and it has the audio of the, of the real going, whatever. And then it has like the lawnmower, whatever. So it's like, there's a lot of sound happening before the jump scare. Whereas it doesn't just do the, let's cut all the audio. And then the nun too was a huge perpetrator of that. But yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the, good question. Good question. I hate to break your heart if you if you, <laughs> if if you wanted you, us to be sp- if you wanted scaled. us to let us go. No, we actually jump every time. <laughs> but also, you know, can I just say I'm we're we're extremely desensitized as at the same time. Uh, you know, for, I think I've brought this up on the pod before. I worked at a haunted house for five years. 
Um, and so that experience, like, like I used to be terrified of haunted houses and I would only go like once in a blue moon. Um, and then I was like, but you know, as I got older, I got really into Halloween and really into horror and all this stuff. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, you would have never guessed that I would have done something like that because I couldn't even go through the Halloween section at Walmart until I was like 10. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It feels like so. Uh, yeah. After like that experience, like I haven't been to a haunted house that has scared me in years mm-hmm. in years. I don't think since that experience have I ever been somewhere that actually scared me like that. So um, we're not regular people. <laughs> and also just a shout out to one of my close friends, Sammy. He is uh, the least uh, he is the least afraid of everything of like anyone I know, probably other than our mom. I just say mom. Mom is definitely <laughs> sure. uh, the goat. But now Sammy is a I love him because he'll go to a haunted house and uh, I'll be like, well, you're not scared. He goes, oh, no, I was terrified the whole time. I'm like, really, you didn't jump or anything. He's like, yeah. But he's like, but I was, I was extremely scared. I was very afraid. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's like the, the scary version of like the guy who doesn't ever laugh at anything, but it's like, he, yeah, he never, yeah. he'll never show that he's afraid of like a movie or TV show, or whatever. They'll just like keep watching it. And then afterwards he'll be like, yeah, that was the scariest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and I'm just like, could have right. fooled me. Could have fooled me. So I love that too. So yeah, you can be scared without jumping. So for sure. That's funny. All right, let's get to a couple more questions here from our producer, Taylor. Um, This one says, Halloween candy, best Halloween candy, worst Halloween candy, and are there any underrated or overrated candies? Uh, Let's start with best. I feel like that's appropriate. (sighs) Best Halloween candy. It's like, what is a Halloween candy? We're talking fun size. Is that what makes it Halloween? Yeah, what what do you get when you trick or treat? I think objectively the best Halloween candy is a Snickers, but that's because objectively Snickers is the best candy. <laughs> it's Dave, got, Dave has a strong opinion about Snickers. Guys. Well, it's like it's not my favorite, but I think it's objectively the best. You know, the chocolate, the nougat, the you know, the salty, uh, the sweet. It's it's just the perfect combination of everything you would want in a candy bar. I think they kind of nailed it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Butterfingers, so I think that like. If I went like trick or treating, I would be most excited to find out that I had a good amount of Butterfingers in my bag, which I don't feel is a is what happens. I feel like you get a lot of Snickers and Reese's, which I think Reese's is also up there in terms of best. I was going to say Reese's comes um, to my mind first, especially the, actually if you want to talk about Halloween candies. The Reese's uh, pumpkins. Uh, pumpkins are better. I don't know why they're better, but they are. Why are they better than the regular? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm for uh, smooth edges. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you yeah. don't like the crinkles. I don't like the crinkles. They hurt my teeth. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but but anyways, I do think objectively the best is Snickers in my opinion. Um, but in a Halloween trick or treating bag, I would really want to see a bunch of Butterfingers for sure. Yeah, Reese's comes to mind, but I also love the actual like small peanut butter cups. I know that the original Reese's are also peanut butter cups, but you know what right. I mean? The thick, short ones, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. little chodes, the little tuna canes. The little tuna canes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love those. I, I get stoked uh, when I get those. Um, it's been a long ass time since I've trick-or-treated, so it's like I'm not I, – I admittedly do not really have much of a sweet tooth. I'm definitely – I prefer salty. You know, I'm a yeah. garlic and herb and butter type of dude. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love also, Reese's. I just love anything peanut butter chocolate. That's a – 
just god tier combo to me <laughs> alternate answer if we want to do one chocolate one non-chocolate thing um skittles skittles are a god tier candy period um having a little bag of skittles in your halloween uh trick-or-treating bag so much so great mm. love it i'm not a big skittles guy um I will say, like, that's always been a big difference between me, you, and our sister, is you and Danielle definitely gravitate towards sour, gummy-type candy. Like, Tarty. fruity. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always just chocolate if I am going to do candy. True. Um, I really like the... Uh, I know they're not really Halloween candy, but, dude, the fucking pretzel M&Ms are so good to me. I dude, love the pretzel M&Ms are goaded. They're really good. Um, but, yeah, uh, how about the worst Halloween candy? I definitely... I can definitely think of some off the off rip. Um, I mean, does this count when you get a fucking popcorn ball? Fuck you. <laughs> I forgot about popcorn. Damn, those, 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 hand out a fucking popcorn ball, you finna get these hands, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a good answer because the texture on that is hurt. Terrific. I love popcorn. Also, just and I the, love balls. the fucking do- the Dollar Tree. <laughs> <laughs> took you a while to get there. Uh, but a popcorn That's ball. not the balls Daniel wants in his mouth. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah, popcorn balls are like eating styrofoam, dude. Yeah, it's, Those, oh, it's they're horrible. Yeah. And it's like, it's a good idea. I would make a popcorn ball at home, you oh, know, like as made, a fun. And yeah. if it's like coming out fresh and it's still crunchy, but not this fucking dry ass, stale, just worse texture, yeah. no flavor, just terrible. You know, ugh, speaking of Rice Krispie Treats is a top tier that if I if I, I get I used to get excited when I would trick or treat and I'd get those. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. It's not really a Halloween it's not really a candy. candy, period. It's more of a treat. It is a treat. But yeah. I used to love getting those. That's but, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the worst. I mean, yeah, popcorn ball. It's not really candy. That's definitely the worst. I think in terms of candy, just if you go to like Dollar Tree and you just get the assorted hard candies. Like fuck yeah. those, dude. Uh, first of all, I don't want to. I don't want a sucker without a stick. No thanks. Uh, that's basically what they all what they are. Yeah, um, you just what have to runts? keep them in your mouth. You like runts? No, runts are bad too. The little banana ones on there. Uh, dots, I know, are extremely. Uh, not, people do not like getting oh, dots. Dude, dots suck ass. And <laughs> dots you know and what? Swedish though? fish. What the thing is is like uh, okay, I, I, I disagree with the Swedish fish. I think Swedish fish goes hard but dots i feel like really it tastes the same to if me. dots would just eliminate their bad flavors i i could get behind them yeah it's I, just that you yeah. get them and it's like oh man it's like the freaking green one is lime instead of like green apple and like the yellow one it's like y'all it's like half lemon and half lime it's like oh my god like this is not even close to the best lemon lime candy in a right. million years but that's like your primary flavor and then orange you guys are just like picking all the starburst flavor that people just throw away yeah. Like, <laughs> like, if, like yeah i'll tell you i do my, think starburst is also a top tier sorry i should say that for fruity candies starburst, starburst are fun because they're starting to do like they just realize oh people only want the red flavors like now they just have just red flavor starburst in uh these halloween candy bags yeah i uh the the real answer for me for worst is because i'm i'm thinking of two that if i had them in my trick-or-treat bag i would not even eat them it's it's gonna be whoppers <laughs> oh dude that is the number one answer <laughs> fuck everything we just said <laughs> whoppers is the number one answer whoppers for suck. worst halloween candy of all yeah. time do you, who do you pawn that off on <laughs> Who the fuck do you know that you can be like, oh, I'm going to give all my Whoppers to 
so-and-so you don't you don't you don't know that person <laughs> they don't exist yeah i i hate whoppers I, an edible jawbreaker that tastes like drywall i'm i'm okay on that thanks so much um uh, and then also i'm just i don't like milk duds either i don't eat those milk duds are an acquired taste for sure i think um, but I th- it's they're they're so hard to eat yeah, I just don't like stuff that gets like super stuck in my teeth. So that's a no from me. Um, that's why dots are kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, that's uh, true. I think it's stuck in Plus my teeth. Plus, you were a braces guy too. So you. I was a braces guy. So I think like that textural thing is definitely still ingrained in your Probably. brain. Probably. Um, sugar in general. I hate the way that my teeth feel after eating. Yeah, Daniel eating sugar. can't even like drink sugary drinks because of that same thing. I got to go brush my teeth immediately. But um, uh, do you have any underrated and or overrated candies, David? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right here. Underrated. Oh, oh. You hear that? No, that's not nerds. Nerds are underrated too. But here's what's underrated. Popping candy, bro. Popping candy. I have this in my, so I have a candy bowl in my house during the Halloween season and I always fill it with all different types of candy. It's in the shape of a cauldron, folks. It is. Um, I would say this year's my worst Halloween cauldron to date. And I'll tell you why. I used to cure- So far. So far. I mean- I don't know if I'm going to fill it up because we are going on vacation, so I'm not going to be here to eat the candy a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to curate my my candy bowl. And that's why I think this is such a good question for me is I used to literally kind of take mental surveys in my head throughout the year of the candies that the people in my life really liked. And I would get different bags of candy that not only involved the candy that they love, but candies I think they would love based on what they like. Um, and this led to every single time my friends or family would come over to my house, they, the candy bowl would end up on the table and they would be picking out on the candy, which mm-hmm. made me feel so good. This is like the only thing I have equivalent to Daniel's fucking playlist. Like Daniel's the kind of guy who can make a playlist for anybody, depending on what kind of music they like. And I can't do that, but I can, <laughs> I can tell you, if you tell me what your favorite candy is, tell you other candies you should try. And, um, yeah, it yeah. worked every time. So this oh, year, I know my answer. Sorry. I'm no, thinking out loud. This is what we do. Guys. So, <laughs> this is what we do. Um, so my candy bowl used to be curated for the people in my life and, um, mm-hmm. it used to be way more diverse right now. It's only curated for me. It just has my favorite candies, in it, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because I'm primarily the only one eating it and I don't have any friends in Colorado. So whatever. Yeah. Um, but something I did add this year is, uh, warheads came out with little packages of a uh, sour popping candy. And I was like, that is two great ideas. One sour <laughs> candy, two popping candy. Popping candy, I think, is very underrated. It's kind of blowing up on like the market, like people putting popping candy in, you know, desserts and stuff like that nowadays. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that they one of my know, favorite chocolate bars has popping candy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not surprised that that it's a uh, it, it was they were able to do something like this. I think this year this is going to be my most underrated in general. I think lemon heads are my. Like oh, wow. Every, every year, my most underrated. Lemon, lemon heads. heads go so hard. I don't bro. even know what that tastes like. I don't know. I can't remember the last it's time like, I had a lemon it's head. It's sour. It's tart. And then it gets really sweet. And it's just delicious. But I mean, it, it, it's got a great texture, yeah. too, I think. The idea of a lemonade candy, I mean, sounds perfect. So, I mean, of course, this yeah. should go hard. It's like, it's yeah, because when you think of lemon flavored things, not everything lemon flavored is actually good. I think lemon heads yeah. kills it on that. They, they're they very lemon underrated. Is, that's so true. Lemon is so weird um, because it, it's, it can go from taste 
tasting refreshing, sweet, and tart to pine salt. Like, right. there's exactly that's so, yeah, this is a hard balance. Um, I think one of the most underrated candies ever, and I know that my mom would agree, she's probably the one that put me onto these, her and my grandmother. Um, 100 grand, 100 grand, oh, dude, 100 grand, good answer, hard. yeah, 100 grand, oh, um, texture wise, caramel, uh-huh. any candy with caramel. Milky Way does not make its way into candy bowls as much as it should. In fact, not into candy bags like these these mixed bags. You know, it's all about, oh, this one has Hershey's and Kit Kats and blah, blah. bro. Throw some Milky Ways in that. So 100 grand, you get the rice. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that rice ooh. texture, which a nice, good crunch with that, you know, loaded with caramel. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. And another one that I think is really underrated is Almond Joys. Yeah. Am I, I just old now? No, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> definitely old. Um, me and Daniel ate Almond Joys for the first time this year. So if that doesn't tell you how underrated they are, <laughs> we haven't even had them before. And we were like, should we try Almond Joys? Like, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. And we ate one and we were like, dang, this is probably like a six or seven out of ten. But you we, know what? Because we rate everything. <laughs> of course, right? This podcast is ingrained into us now. We've got to rate everything. But no, you know what's so interesting about it? You know what's really interesting about it is that it... It's like, oh, we tried it, and it was like, this is actually pretty good. But we weren't blown away. We, we were, just were like, not blown this away. Pretty good. We were like, this is pretty good. We've been huh. sleeping. And then the day after, I was like, man, I really want to almond joy. Yeah. Like, it's it like, did that to us. It and it's creeps up on you. Texture, too, which is weird, because I hate the texture of coconut, but I like an almond joy. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so. What are they doing over there? What are almond they, joy factory. Something suspicious. <laughs> uh, what, what about overrated candies? Do you have any overrated candies? I have some that might make you be a little defensive, for sure. If you say Butterfingers, I'll fucking kill no, you. No, I like Butterfingers. Okay, thank God. Um, and that's one that I will sacrifice the feeling of shit in my teeth. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's I a love, bad one it for is, teeth. But I oh love Butterfingers, especially like if you go to Sonic and get a blast and Butterfingers in that. I, you yeah. know, it's funny because my overrated answer is also something we mentioned in top rated candies. But, but yeah, we've talked about this many times on this podcast. Something can be good and overrated. That's possible. Um, I do think Reese's are overrated. They are a fantastic candy. It's not one of the greatest things that's ever been fucking made, but people act like it is. Um, people write whole ass articles about how nothing will ever top Reese's as the fucking king of candy. And I'm just <laughs> like, no, no, it's it's okay. It's good. It's not like better than every other candy that's ever been made, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of how a lot of people rate it, especially like food con- content creators. will talk about Reese's like it's just the fucking like it's goaded and I just don't feel that way. I like that they're finally starting to try some new shit with the potato chip ones and the, the pretzel ones. And even though they're a little disappointing, I just think it's nice that they're trying. Yeah. Cause I, well yeah. they did the, the pretzel thing and it, it just, it turns into mush, I guess at some point. And so there wasn't mm-hmm. really a crunch. Take five kills it with the fucking, which I don't, you know, is take five, even a considered a candy bar. I don't even <laughs> know, but um, they're also not a Halloween candy. They don't have, you know, uh, fun size. Get on that. Take five. Get on that. Take yeah, Make yeah. a fun size. You got to get on the Halloween candy list. That's right. Anyways. Um, but no, they, they do pretzel perfectly. Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. First one comes to mind. Kit Kat. I do not think Kit Kat's very good. I think Kit Kat is one of the things where I will, um, there, I could go through a phase where I will just destroy a bag of Kit Kats and just fucking rip through them hose. And then there are other times where I'm like, I will have anything but a Kit Kat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, for me, it's it's like it goes up and down. Uh, I actually got some like gourmet Kit Kats. So Kit Kat made like this like special type of Kit Kats. And um, 
Oh man, you know what I'm talking about? Where well, they had like hazelnut flavored ones and like yeah, peanut butter and jelly flavored ones. They, they were they were very interesting. Yeah, but yeah, none of them blew me away, and I was very disappointed by that. See, that's interesting because now you're gonna make me backtrack a little bit because. Uh, is that the right word? I don't know. You're going to make me take my answer back a little You're bit. You're going to aggress. I'm going to aggress. Um, no, uh, I had the fruity cereal Kit Kat bar. Have you had that one? I have not had that one That's yet. like an 8 out of 10 for me. That shit is so good. But you know me. I like the fruity cereal. That's one of your like overrated food trends. If That's you guys true. are real fans, you know that about David. But no, uh, uh, I really liked it. I was like, man, this is surprisingly really good. Um, but yeah, just the standard Kit Kats. I'm like, I don't know. I never. They're always my last choice with chocolate candies. I feel yeah. like, um, and also anything white chocolate. Get oh, the fuck. Get the fuck. Fully agree. Out of here with that. Fully shit. agree. White chocolate sucks. Um, what do you? How do you feel about dark chocolate? It depends on how dark it goes, and it also depends on on what it is. Like, I, yeah. I would never want a dark chocolate Snickers, but like a dark chocolate truffle. Oh, so like when it's like decadent. I guess mm-hmm. um, it goes really well. I think I think pretty much in any smooth chocolate, like a chocolate mousse or a chocolate lava cake or cho- something yeah. like that, I'm down for dark chocolate. But if I'm eating a candy bar, I want it to be sweet as fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I get you. I've, I've definitely like I've grown to really like dark chocolate. But um, well, it's because you're old. I am getting old. I'm so <laughs> old, guys. But uh, anything when it's with fruit, it is be- it is almost always better to me with dark chocolate. Um, uh, so, you know, raspberries and such raspberry sorbet with dark chocolate bark pieces like, oh, yes, please. Um, so I love stuff like that. Um, okay. I could talk about candy forever. Let's move on. <laughs> I could too. I'm telling you, we need a separate food podcast. Uh, all right. Um, let's get one last Halloween question out of here. Um, wait, real quick before we get into this, I think the fans are going to want to hear this. Oh God. Oh, some people are about to riot. I'm a man of my word. (laughs) I hated that. So um, let's go ahead and get one last Halloween question in here. Um, Do you have any favorite Halloween memories? Uh, And kind of I want to add to that. Do you have any favorite Halloween costumes of your own or anything like that? I have lots of favorite Halloween memories. Nice. Thank you so much for answering. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite Halloween memory. Number one. <laughs> number one. So when I was a baby. A baby. Just a wee little lad. Just a wee little lad. Uh, when I was a baby, my first Halloween costume ever was a pineapple costume that our mom made. This was the year that Daniel was a palm tree and our sister was a mermaid. <laughs> And I was a little baby and I was a pineapple. <laughs> and um, years and years later, I reprised my role. He did. And I bought a pineapple costume um, to, uh, to you know, as an as an homage to that first costume ever. And I wore it to a block party in Dallas. And it was one of the most fun things that I've ever done for Halloween. The whole family was there. Yes, it was in the Oaklawn area. Oaklawn area of Dallas. So fun. Some of the costumes we saw there were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The music was so much fun. Everything about that night was so much fun. But here's the best part of the night. Like, 
Getting to spend time with my family is always fun. I always feel like an outcast for how much I love Halloween versus my family. Um, but they all have their moments where they're just super into it. It's just that me and Taylor are into it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that year, you know, Dan, uh, Taylor even made her own costume for that event. Um, I love people that can do that, like craftsy people. Yeah. yeah. That's and always impressed me that y'all can do stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, we... we um, oh, and Danielle. Yeah, Danielle did her own makeup, too. She Man. did like a like a really gross, like a... Yeah, Danielle's skills are legit. Yeah, like folks. a really horror-based, um, just special effects makeup and, yeah. and stuff. So that was really... Um, Really, really fun. And then the best part of that night was when we met the dog who was also wearing a pineapple costume <laughs> and the owner let me hold them. I remember that. We'll post a pic on the Instagram because so yeah. go check it out. You'll, you'll see. We're going to post that throwback because uh, I still have that picture forever and ever. That's probably my favorite Halloween memory, I guess, off the top of my head, because, you know, just anything that involves our whole family. Those are going to be my favorite holiday memories, period. Yeah, um, I agree. And then. Um, outside of that, uh, all the parties that I used to have, I used to have two Halloween parties every year when I lived in Dallas, which kind of makes me sad now because I don't have enough friends in Colorado to do this. But uh, we would have one arts and crafts party where we would do paintings and um, like, you know, Dollar Tree and Michael's like Halloween crafts um, while we watched uh, spooky movies. And then we would carve pumpkins at the end of the night and we would watch movies like Beetlejuice and, and whatever. Um, and then I would have an actual Halloween party where it's a full costume party. We'd have games, pizza, you know, uh, we'd watch spooky stuff and play scary music and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, like I remember one year we, we had Jackson play PT for the first time. Like that was a really <laughs> fun party. Um, the most recent one we had, there was a, a bunch of people there. Even mom came to that one. Daniel was still in his, uh, you know, post surgery recovery at that time too. And oh, that was when I was still on crutches, right? Yeah. That was the year you did the last low costume. That I is believe. true. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the best costumes, definitely the best decorations we had ever had, um, for that party. We, we even have the COVID party, you know, the COVID party, mm -hmm. um, where it was just the family because, you know, we, we, we didn't feel safe inviting everyone. So, all of those are really good memories. And then, of course, the last time I was in Salem um, was really, really incredible. Um, just Salem is is the best place I've ever been to. That's my favorite like city that I've ever been to. And um, and um, yeah, we're, we're going to be there this year, too. So um, like I said, the my favorite Halloween memories are always going to involve our whole family. So those parties come to mind. And then that that block party was just so much fun. And also, can I just say this? I got hit on so much that night. You did. So like that that area of, of Dallas, you know, there's a, a, a large gay community there. And they, um, you know, there was a lot of LGBTQ members at this block party. And boy, were did they want some pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife and my wife had like my wife was in a, a a Sanderson sister costume, you know, very booby costume, and she was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, sorry, you ain't got it like this, bro." <laughs> as I'm dressed as a pineapple, I'm built different. Yes, uh, I wonder if we can find some pictures to post on the Instagram uh, of the pineapple reprisal costume. Uh, I for sure have them. And if I'll we can find them. the OG, that would be fun too. The OG. I have it. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. Um, so we, we yeah we'll post those on us on our social for you. Um, yeah, uh, the block party came to mind for me too. That was so fun. We got to go out and have a good time as a family and see some badass costumes. Um, and you had stilts and shit out there. Man. Yeah. It was crazy. It was wild. And this was pre COVID. So it was really busy and like shoulder to shoulder at times. But it was a lot. That was before I was a little more 
um, I don't know what the word is. Sensory overload. Sensory, this was, this yeah. was pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've definitely changed since COVID where I'm just freaked out by a lot of people now. But um, yeah, so that was like super fun. Um, I Shout out to my old roommates. We went to Austin to go see uh, Flying Lotus on Halloween night um, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, that Flying Lotus, my favorite artist of all time. Um, so those definitely come to mind, but I have, uh, yeah, there's, there's tons of good Halloween. Uh, I thought of your parties as well. I was like, Oh, those were always so fun. Um, even, you know, I used to go to some where it was, yeah, not the whole family was there. Sometimes they were, and, but they were always a good time. You guys are very good hosts of parties and, uh, yeah, I have plenty of good uh, memories. Which you wouldn't expect sure. from uh, two people who don't really drink. <laughs> yeah, true. We, we, we can throw some good parties. I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, good times for sure. All right. So I think we still have some more questions from some friends in, uh, of the pod. So let's uh, let's get into those. I think we're going to finish up the episode. We're just going to go for the rest of this episode. These questions from our from our friends. Yes. So let's go ahead and end it on some bangers uh, with the rest of our listeners submitted questions. Um, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to someone we haven't heard from yet. Another uh, listener submission. Our good friend Jose from Watch Skip Plus uh, sent in some questions for us as well. So let's get to those. Take it over from here. I like to pretend I'm a radio DJ if you haven't gotten caught well, that yeah. yet. Well, yeah. Real quick before you play this, this is from our friend Jose. Watch Skip Plus, another movie review podcast. Um, they often do movies that we haven't done that same weekend. So go check them out. Um, you know, we, we love their show. And uh, we were on their show for their John Wick episode, and uh, Jose guest appeared uh, to talk about our show on the anniversary episode. Um, so we really appreciate him sending this in, and we definitely want you guys to go check them out. So um, thank you, Jose. Go ahead. Let's go take it over from here, Jose. Hey, Wild Dream. It's Jose from Watch Skip Plus. I guess I would ask you guys, what was the... What was the horror movie that just really, really scared you upon seeing it and maybe gave you pause about revisiting it? Um, I know for me, when I was growing up, I saw in the theater, um, we snuck into the reanimator and that just absolutely scared me and floored me. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. There, I mean, there's... There's naked zombies, and there was an almost scene, and there's like this headless man who was scary, and just it, just insanity. So that that movie, The Reanimator, and then uh, my brother took me to see Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn, and the sights and the sounds of that film uh, again just scared me, and I think it was years, even when they got on VHS for me to revisit those films. So that would be one question. The other, I think, would be, uh, you know, we had the Walking Dead moment. Uh, we had two series on AMC, and those are ending soon, thank God, because they quite honestly dragged. Um, but now we've got The Last of Us, which is zombie adjacent, if you will. Um, and I guess my question to you would be, uh, what makes zombies so enduring in terms of material? Uh, what, what do you think is the, uh, the draw to zombie fare? 
Um, and um, should they keep going with the zombie fair? Or are we over it? Um, and I guess the other discussion now would be, my other discussion question would be, you know, where is where is horror going? So when I grew up, it was the Jasons and the Freddies and uh, the Michael Myerses. And then horror seemed to shift to uh, sort of like the sixth sense kind of stuff, supernatural twists. And then we got our rings and our smiles and our J-horror ripoffs, uh, like the skeleton key, which actually is pretty damn good. Um, and then we got our torture porn. Uh, so I'm just wondering, you know, where do you guys see horror heading? Um, and I'm hoping it's heading in the direction of, say, Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria or, um, you know, uh, maybe the Babadook. I don't know. I had to bring that up because of the whole scream thing. Uh, but yeah, where, where do you guys think horror is heading? And thanks. All right. Thank you, Jose. So let's, um, let's dive into this first question here. What is a movie that scared you, uh, that made you hesitant to rewatch it? I'm glad that he provided his answers too, uh, because yeah. now we don't have to message him. Like, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it is all about like when you grew up, like that's a big part of that because mm-hmm. I think like, like we said earlier for Gabby's question, the movies that scared us are the ones that we watched when we were still scared by movies. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for me, the number one was strangers. I like it, like not in terms of like the scariest movies I've ever watched, but the one that made me not want to rewatch it. I was so nervous as an adult to rewatch Strangers. Yeah, um, I in like Taylor convinced me because every we would go to Walmart uh, every so often or whatever during the Halloween season. This was a couple of years ago, and they had like launched like you know they they're just putting out the same movies, but they added these new covers to them. And I would look at the one for strangers, you know, and it's like the glow in the dark, like red or orange, uh, black and orange cover and it's glow in the dark, whatever. And uh, I would just look at it and like kind of pick it up and like read the back enough times to where Taylor's like, just buy it, you fucking pussy. And I'm like, OK, fine. I was like, I just remember this movie being really scary. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. And I went to go watch it. And as the movie was like kind of starting, I was like, I mean, this movie ain't shit. And then it kept going and I was like. This movie's not shit. <laughs> and they just kept going. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and of course, by the end of it, you know, I wasn't really scared anymore. What like after the climax and everything. But uh, yeah, that one I was like really nervous to watch again. And then another one that was a uh, one that wasn't a rewatch that I was scared to watch. But I remember being afraid to watch the original um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the one from 1974 or whatever, just because I had been told by so many people like that's one of the scariest movies of all time. Um, but of course, you know, it's a slasher movie, so it it didn't actually scare me, but I think it did impress me in terms of cinematic accomplishments. Were were you, when we were growing up, there was always a back and forth on that shit when it was like, that shit was real. It happened. That's a real thing. Yeah. And then some people like that. It's it's based off of like Ed Gein or something like that, where it's like, okay, I think Ed Gein is the serial killer who did make like a lampshade out of human skin and stuff like that. Like it's loosely based off of that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like there being some, you know, Hick family, that's all cannibals. Or something, no, that shit never happened. Yeah. But like when we were growing up, people I do would, remember saying yeah. that. Yeah. This is based on a true story. Yeah. And then we would have like old relatives who would be like, yeah, yeah, that shit is like real. Like, and I, I guess they were just fucking with us to get us more scared or whatever. Or maybe they just believed that it I'm was. I'm telling you what, I, if, I don't know. If Papa told you it was real, he was fucking with you. <laughs> Honestly. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, I that made that made that movie so scary to me. I was like, wait, what? Um, but uh, and they would be like, you know, he still lives there. We're like, no, no, we live in Texas. We live there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the first the the core memory in my consciousness of being scared from a movie was Devil's Advocate. I was an actual f- child. Uh, my parents were watching that in the living room and you know what though um, I think it wasn't that scary just just to play devil's advocate I don't think <laughs> I don't think it was that scary I think <laughs> for those who don't know I reached which would be all of you I reached over the table and pressed that myself um, <laughs> Daniel played it uh, David pulled the Daniel my drop <laughs> David pulled and then the Daniel, Daniel pulled the Daniel exactly switching roles baby um, the devil's, yeah, devil's advocate with, uh, Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, my parents were watching that and total darkness in the living room and there's a scene. So I'm like already like, ah, the dark. And right. then there's a scene, <laughs> there's a scene where just some woman is looking into like a mirror of some sort. Um, and then her face transforms into a demon face. <laughs> And I jumped behind my mom, just hiding, just like ah, screaming, just like crying because I thought it was the scariest thing. Uh, also, when I was a child, there was a Star Trek movie that had some kind of creepy looking aliens or something. And I was so scared. It wasn't like it wasn't one of those. Well, you, you were scared of Jurassic Park, too, weren't you? I don't think so. Why? I could have swore mom told me a story about you being really scared by Jurassic Park. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak to that one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I also remember just speaking of you know getting scared as an actual child. Uh, there was a Star Trek movie that had some kind of scary aliens or something, and it wasn't one of those where I had to jump behind my mom and say protect me. Um, but I, it was like, huh? It was almost like I was like, okay, so what? And then I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, damn, I gotta go pee. And there's this long hallway in this old house we used to live in, and at the very end is the bathroom. And I was like looking at it and looking at back at my mom, looking at it, looking back at my mom. And then my mom says to my little sister, Danielle, go hold Daniel's hand and take him to the bathroom because he's scared. And then she walked me to the bathroom because I was too scared to go down the dark hallway. Yeah, we've talked um, about that. On, I think we uh, talked about it a lot last year. Did we? Uh, oh, okay. The Halloween Spooktacular was that. That was Danielle's role. Yeah. Um, dude, the women in our family just fucking built different. They are not scared. Yeah. Uh, which honestly. I think is kind of funny because I think Danielle is more scared by movies now than, than she was as a kid, for sure. Probably. Um, but yeah, so uh, Danielle's role was to always take care of us because we were so scared by <laughs> movies. Um, so the second question, uh, I am glad that you're talking about the Walking Dead ending being a positive because I, I don't think a zombie... Uh, television show is interesting. I was never into The Walking Dead. I will never get into The Walking Dead because the entire series to me is going to be, oh, I hope these zombies don't get us. They didn't. We survived. Or I hope these zombies don't get us. Oh, they got Craig. Fuck. <laughs> Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like, Craig. Craig died in season two of this show about zombies taking over the world. Yeah. Shocker. Um, but so I don't think it's I don't think zombies should be a long winded thing. That's all I'm saying. I just think it's 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 a classic staple of of Halloween and horror forever. Like it is up there with like just the concept of zombie is up there with the concept of ghost, the concept of vampire. You know what I'm saying? And so it being that kind of horror monster, it's like, well, 
there's so many things you can explore because it's just a blank canvas of a monster. You know, you have a couple of rules here and there, and then everything else you want to put around it can be completely different. Like, you know, last year's Halloween Spooktacular, we did a zombie movie um, called The Sadness, and that is a very different type of zombie that still has these same kind of policies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's makes it enticing for filmmakers to want to continue making zombie because there's so much you can do with them. Yeah, the question here being what you know, why why do zombies movies and stuff still last? Why do they still thrive? Um, I think uh, you know, Jose brings up The Last of Us. That's a new take. This fungus growth. Um, that's a new type of zombie, a hundred percent, and it's really fucking insane. Especially what they add in the series um, with this idea of the of what actual mushrooms can do, which is communicate telepathically. Right. Um, that's really interesting. Do I they think, do any of the uh, the global warming thing in that show? Because that's like what what people people who study mushrooms like they've been asked like, is this possible? Can this happen? And they're like, no, not until the earth heats up enough for mushrooms to survive inside of a human body. I believe they do. I believe they do. Hmm. Um, Again, I only watched like two or three episodes because it just was not for me. I'm too much of a stand for the game. um, So it's not going to live up to it. Right. But um, uh, I... I think that it's an evergreen concept. I think that's really what it is, um, especially thematically if you want to make a metaphor. I mean, we just went through a fucking pandemic. Um, yeah, we went through a virus. Wait, it, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I fucking missed it. It's an evergreen story. You can, you can this this idea of a hive mind that takes over everyone. Um, if, and that's the villain. You have to go against that. It's just an evergreen concept and story and metaphor. So even beyond the actual literal zombie itself. But I also think it's unique in the sense of the the level of difference in terms of a monster. There is no one guy you have to defeat. There is no one thing. It is everything. You, what if you are singular and your enemy is surrounding you at all times and can always strike? That is always a scary idea. Um, so I just think that's, yeah, again, my real, my answer that I keep freaking being redundant about, classic Daniel, is it's an evergreen concept. I don't think it'll ever get old. Um, uh, and especially when you're able to try new things and make zombies different in a different way. Um, so. Which is why, again, I think that point. Um, you know, reinforces my point about I don't think a television show is a good uh, format for zombies because it doesn't reinvent them, you know, from from episode to episode to season to season. And I think that's one of the, the things we like about zombies is they're so reinventable. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think horror movies are going? Um, and I think I like I like his context there of the shifts that we've seen from slashers to paranormal twists to torture porn to. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I actually think that my answer for that is that we're we're kind of um, transitioning into this mixture between paranormal and monster. Um, like, of course, you know, like with something like Talk to Me or something like um, It Lives Inside. Uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> and smile, you know, it's like, you know, or the Babadook, it's like, they're kind of putting the monsters out there, um, and, and showing them 
and showing these monsters that are also paranormal. Like they, they don't, they don't exist. They're, they're metaphors for concepts in our mind. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm just saying this is my prediction. You know what I'm saying? That this, this is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, we had like this, you know, whole phase of the paranormal. Like this, this is the one that he didn't bring up. Uh, paranormal activity. That had this whole genre of just ghosts making things fly. Yeah, found footage is found another one footage, that had, yeah. a, had a little era. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that, um, I think when I think of the paranormal era, I think of that. Whereas now we're kind of getting that combo of paranormal and monster combined. Um, and that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to come up with the new monster with the new way to kill it. And um, I, I kind of hate it, but <laughs> it's fine. You know, like well, I mean... Uh, nope is a is a monster movie, you mm-hmm. know. Which um, you know we didn't do Nope for this show. Did you remove it? I, th- I did. <laughs> I, was to, I was about to say. I remember looking when I was like, oh, number one, Vengeance. Which I agree with the choice. I, that it's not our podcast. <laughs> um, you know the the famous lost episode. Uh, you know, like that's a monster movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it is hard to to tell. I should say infamous lost episode, but yeah, <laughs> it's hard to tell because. I'm starting as I think about it. I'm starting to realize that I think I'm late on predicting this because I think it's kind of ending, which is the A24 art house horror movement. And done, I'm like, done, over, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, even even goddamn uh, Ari Aster doesn't make horror anymore. Fucking yeah, I'm starting to kind of because that that was a wave. Oh, I'm afraid of bad horror movies. Ah. That was a wave for a second, and uh, some th- one that I actually really liked. This slow burn, dark, gray, fucking washed color palette, uh, minuscule music. You know, just like just very whatever. I was really into it. I was like, oh, this is kind of refreshing. This is cool. Um, I, yeah, I kind of feel it ending because of the smash success that Smile was. And I'm just like, man, uh, that which. And Megan made Boku Bucks. Megan, yeah. Fuck, so dude. there's this there's this kind of cheesiness that people really like right now. And um, yeah, it's like it feels like Smile got a greenlit for a sequel the day it released. Same with Megan. <laughs> it was just like. Oh, well, it's not about how money, good our movie is. It's about how well we can market. Yeah. Money will talk when it comes to this stuff. So if you can make a meme from our movie, it'll blow the fuck up. Yeah, that's true. So, Ugh. um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. You know, the exciting thing is, uh, to see what happens, what shift occurs. Um, so I'm, I'm, you never know what's going to be the catalyst for that either. You know, you it, don't. it's fun to be, it's fun to be the ones who, who went to go see paranormal activity in the theaters and go, Oh my God, this is going to change horror. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so even, I'm not saying that movie's like revolutionary, or, you know, breakthrough, whatever. Actually it kind of is, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying the movie's good is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think it's an average movie, but it was a, a sh- major shift. And I think that that's kind of what Jose is talking about. Like he, he remembers going like, you know, if you were someone who went to the theater to see Friday the 13th, you were like, Oh, this is a huge thing. This is going to be, Massive. I, I mean, yeah. And the last time I could really feel that was hereditary. I know I've blow that movie way too often, but I, I, that was a shift too. Like that I A24 shift was bought, in that era. I bought tickets to see it the next week. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, that's a movie that I was like, Oh my God. I, bu- um, I saw that movie in theaters and I immediately pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can just tell, you can feel it sometimes. 
And uh, yeah, now, yeah, there's just a lot of factors that go into play here. Obviously, they're going to chase the money. And I, as of right now, it's hard not to blame them because the theater industry is crumbling. It That's is true. crumbling. And uh, you go see our rants in uh, <laughs> and it lives inside and, and you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's just you have to predict that, too. What does the future of horror look like if in 10 years we're going to have to watch it from our couch? Um, who knows? Uh, so, yeah. Anyways. All right. Moving on. I think we still have some questions from Timothy. We're going to finish up his questions. Yes. Who do you think would be better at giving a full body massage? Michael Myers or Leatherface? Interesting. You know, Michael Myers has more finesse. But if you're someone who needs more pressure, you <laughs> need that extra, like that Russian, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that doesn't speak English masseuse, like that person, I think you got to go Leatherface. And he's going to be, but Leatherface is going to protect your skin. You know, he wants that skin. <laughs> he needs that skin. Yeah, he will not damage you. That's true. Because, yeah, I mean, like Michael Myers, you know, he's more, he's good. I feel like he would be more gentle and he would be more precise, you know, with everything. Yeah. Um, but he, leather, wouldn't, he wouldn't rush it. He wouldn't rush. He wouldn't it rush. It would be a real experience, slow, methodical. But, but if you've got that knot and you just can't get it out, you know, that it's like, I guess if you're going for relaxation, Michael Myers. Yeah. That's going to be a spa experience. Spa. He's going to have the hot stones, yeah. you know, all of that experimental stuff. crystals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the good smelling oils, all that stuff. But if you're going because you're stressed or because your doctor recommended it, you got to go Leatherface. You're going to get those knots out. Mm -hmm. You know, your skin's going to be red and raw, but you're going to feel much better the next day. Yeah, loose, limber. Yeah, that's a that's a toss up. So look, it depends on what you're looking for. It really does. Um, I'm, but, I'm definitely going to go Michael Myers in that. I don't, I don't like to, uh, you know, I don't like it to hurt. Right. I'm there for relaxation. I'm there for, you know what I'm saying? Now. Yeah. Couples massage. Gotta go Michael Myers too. Like that's an easy, easy one too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll vote Michael Myers, but I can see the, if I was like an athlete, I think I would go Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. And then uh, Timothy does have one more question. Timothy, take it away. Okay. So if you could only watch one horror movie for the rest of your life on Halloween, only one, what would it be? Only one horror movie and you can only watch it on Halloween. Hmm. I might say the movie... Halloween. I was going to say that <laughs> is probably my answer. If you're trying to get in that mood while also being scared and um, it has good music, so you have if that. You have, if you have friends over, it's a good one to watch, yeah. too. It's a good popcorn flick, and yeah. it's long enough to where it's it's fun. You get your great leading character. You mm -hmm. get the Scream Queen. Scream Queen. Who's also a Nepo baby, it's but hard, that's beside the point. It is hard not to say that. It's hard not to say just Halloween. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of another one that's a real Halloween stable, Halloween classic. I can't really think of one, but uh, that yeah, that that's gonna be my answer. Is, yeah, is John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. Good answer, good answer. All right, and then we do have a couple of more questions from our good friend Gabby. Gabby, close out the show. Close out queen. the show, Queen. She's the final girl. 
She's the final girl. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Here we go. Take it over, Gabby. What is a serious change that you think should happen? Or if it did happen in the realm of horror movies that you think would make a positive impact on the quality of horror movies overall? Because... Yeah, I agree with you guys. Most horror movies are not, they're a miss. So what do you think people could be doing differently to positively impact that genre? Um, I, I kind of immediately know my answer, like just gut feeling. Um, say it on three. One, two, two three. three. Nudity. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I was curious what you were going to say. I was trying to match your energy. <laughs> I thought we were going to both go for a joke there. But no, I. Uh, <laughs> my real answer is less explanation. That's all I want. I want less... Less dialogue, period. Yeah. I don't need to know the entire origin of the monster. I don't need experts in the movie that know everything about it. I don't need everything to be explained. And this is why it was here. And actually, it was because of this. Yeah. Like, like, here's a question for you. In Hereditary... Leave it in a bottle. when uh, When the mom throws the book into the fire and the husband catches on fire and he burns, why did that happen? What are the rules behind what are, how what are this the can rules happen? behind this? Yeah. Is, yeah. We it doesn't matter does it matter? Does it matter for that how scene? How can she to crawl be, across the wall? Is that, she have, wait, what? So how is she, she able levitate? to float? Like why what's part what part of the thing allows her to float and yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just add the horror elements, get rid of this explanation. In fact, and let you, me and guess what? The fear of the unknown is one of the greatest fears there is. So true. So true. It's like, it's kind of a, it has a reverse effect because when you start to explain things, that's when I start asking those questions. Yeah. When you say, oh, well, she used to be a nun and this and that. And then it's like, like, wait, wait, she's a nun, but she doesn't believe in God. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Wait, she used to be a nun. Wait, how come she can levitate and float and choke people to death? But then in this other scene, she can't. You said she was an all powerful being, but now she like. You said that it's a demon, but then uh, (laughs) like later. uh, Yeah. When you start to explain that, it's like. You creates those questions. Unless you're fucking Lord of the Rings where you're going to explain every single thing about every realm and creature and (laughs) everything that's ever fucking existed. Just get rid of that shit altogether. I think it lives inside is a great example of that. I'm like, none of this shit makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that is a really good answer. Mine would also just be getting rid of these jump scares. Find a way to scare me without it. Mm-hmm. Find a way to scare me without it. If you need that in your movie to make people jump, your movie's not good enough. Go back to the drawing board, rework it, find other ways to scare your audience and without a sting, I'm telling like I cannot get over this exorcist one of him tapping on his friend's shoulder. <laughs> that one so bad. Like that shit is literally the worst. I literally l- turned to Daniel in the theater and I said, as cheap as it gets. As oh, yeah. cheap as it fucking gets. Oh yeah. Get rid of that stuff. All right, we got one more question from the wonderful Gabby. Last question of the sode. Gabby, you are on Wild Dream FM. Take it over from here, Gabby. If you were to be an actor in a horror movie, what cliche role would you like to play? And why? I want to be the chick with her tits out that uh, gets stabbed. Okay, and I want to be the black guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, if you want to know my act, you know what? This is good. So this is, she's saying like, um, like cliches, right? Like, uh, like uh, the Does jock. It, the, it's, I can be anything I want. I don't have to be the fat guy who's too slow to get away, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that would be what I was automatically put in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got like the nerd, the the asshole. Uh, I don't know Hollywood. What would you cast us? And hypothetically, just to like flesh out, just go ahead and cast us in a horror <laughs> yeah, movie. Let's just and we'll, yeah, we'll we'll go play that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if I'm being dead honest, and, and I don't know if this is a cop out answer. I don't know if this is cheating. But genuinely, as as someone who d- does, you know, still have some desire to act, um, my dream, to, what the cliche I would want to be is the villain. I, I want to be the monster. True. I, I am so jealous of someone like Bill Skarsgård who gets to play it up and do over the top shit for a character, a, a, a villain character. I would love to do that. That's like a dream of mine. Um, so if I'm allowed to say that, I would say that. Uh, to be honest, I want to be the villain. I want to be, and I want to be again, super hammed, like played up. I want to do over the top shit for sure. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way, but the other way where I, you know, there's always one person in the movie who gets horrifically murdered. I think that's what I would want. I would want to like, like, like imagine like you're at a premiere and your whole family's there and like, here's my scene and my fucking head explodes <laughs> and they just rip both my, like, like uh, I want to be like, like in, like in Barbarian when the dude gets his arms ripped off and ah. he gets beat with Like I want something that fucking insane. Yeah. A little role like that would yeah, be dope. Yeah, that would be sick, right? Now please don't make me say a slur like they did to him in that movie, but <laughs> anything else I, I will yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that would be my my ideals. Like, imagine getting to watch yourself just get brutally like because you you don't get to see that final product when you're on set. Exactly. You know? so, I thought the same thing with superhero movies. Like, how cool it would be to see the final cut, and you're like, "What? I was in front of a green screen." Right. So, like, that would be cool to see yourself in a situation like that. Yeah. Well, thank you to everyone who submitted questions. We love you guys so much. We appreciate your support. Um, And thank you guys for everyone who listened. Now, we mentioned a bunch of stuff for the social media, so go check it out. That's going to be at Wild Dream Pod on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and X. Twitter, 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 Twitter. We love you. We spook you. And we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night.